You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, and any people of any other gender. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. I mean, today, you, you never know. Uh, man yesterday, female today, uh, there, that, they... They had the uh, trans, trans person trans win trans the bag. women's bike race. <laughs> That's just not fair. Uh, I right. want to be the first to say that uh, <laughs> as a – let's see. Uh, let me let me identify as a woman right now. I'm offended as a woman. Oh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I would be too. Well, what an awful picture that is. I'm offended as a lesbian woman. <laughs> that's, that's even better. <laughs> but, yeah, actually, on Locked and Loaded, we normally talk about guns and firearms, things like that. So we're going to... And we're going to do a little bit of politics here because it's the it's the silly season, as we know. That's From right. From now till next November, for the next year and two weeks, it's going to get crazy. And people are going to go. You're going to see accusations fly. You're going to see people go after everything. It's going to get nuts. Like Beto. Beto, okay, Beto's in the news this week because he doubled down in his position. Fake Hispanic, fake Hispanic. Yes. Sorry. Robert Francis is is doubling down in his position. He's saying, okay, if you don't surrender your weapons to a volunt- to a mandatory buyback, okay, see, this. what's wrong with that? Surrendering your weapons means you're giving them away because you've lost something. And then he says mandatory buyback. If you're buying them back, it means you own them at some time. And he's trying to buy them back. But I have not bought any guns from the government, although you can. And I'm going to get to that later. <laughs> and so now he's saying, well, you know, we'll use law enforcement to uh, to go after these people. And we'll get law enforcement to, uh, to step up and go after these people who don't hand their guns in voluntarily or don't uh, volunteer for the mandatory buyback. Well, now law enforcement has come up and said, uh-uh, we're not going to do it. You're not going to use us as a tool to violate constitutional rights. You're not going to use us to put us between you and people who want to keep their guns. That is just not something they want to do. There was a uh, Fraternal Order of Police national chapter with over 335,000 law enforcement officers, and their official stance was, you want them, go get them yourself. So... How soon, Roger, can we expect uh, Beto, the fake Hispanic, uh, to come out and say, "Oh, if, if if you like your guns, you can keep your guns. If you like if you like if you like an armor light, you can keep an armor light." <laughs> He's not even getting close to that. He is coming flat out and saying, "We're gonna, yeah, we're coming for your AR-15s. Yeah, we're coming for your AK-47s." He's not even giving us a chance. He's pretending like the Second Amendment doesn't exist. It's insane. It's you know what? To a Democrat, the First Amendment doesn't exist anymore. So oh, why no. should the second? They had the the rally in Minneapolis, and I talked about the uh, Oath Keepers providing security for some of that, but apparently the Antifa idiots were out there in full force. They were throwing things, hurling things at police officers, at people trying to get back to their cars after them, mm. coming from their cars before the rally. I mean, they are complete fascist brown shirts, complete fascist black shirts. Mm. They are absolute complete Nazis. They are trying to control the message that gets out there. But Roger, I thought the Republicans were Nazis and fascists. Funny they're not acting like it, but the Antifa are doing exactly (laughs) what Hitler's brown shirts did during World War II. I mean, it's like they read the Mussolini's black shirts. Mussolini's black shirts, Mm -hmm. yes. 
They're following the playbook to a key and trying to blame the other side for being fascist. That's great. Well, that's par for course when you're talking about the Democrat Party. Everything they're doing, they're accusing Trump of doing. Oh, uh, right. It's insane. And they have been for the last, what, 150 years. It's crazy. It's not funny. The Antifas are against free speech. They're against, you know, anything that has to do with, with Trump. And yet, eventually... I have a feeling they do this in the wrong state. It's going to come to a head. Someone is going to get tired of it. Someone is going to step up. They're going to defend themselves, and then they're going to scream bloody murder that some that a Republican shot somebody. It's like, well, you're throwing glass at them. You're spraying with pepper spray. You're punching them in the head as they walk by. You're assaulting these people, and assault needs to be stopped. If you want to assault somebody, be prepared to get shot. That's the way you defend against somebody assaulting you, spraying you with pepper spray, punching you in the face. You have to defend yourself, and you do have that right in this country. And eventually, these idiots are going to push too far, and that's going to be a problem. But we'll see. You know, you never can tell. Like, there's a guy in Houston, Texas. This is a good one right here. There was a guy who was going up against not one, not two, but five armed men who broke into his house. But the gun owner was prepared, and he had to utilize his AK-47 to defend his home and his life. You know, hey, two masked men went into the home where the 20-year-old was. At first, he thought it was a joke, but quickly, quickly realized these guys meant business. They demanded cash. He complied. At least that's what he wanted them to believe. He said as he was going for what they wanted, he reached under the couch. Instead of pulling out money, he pulled out his AK-47 and began shooting the suspects. So he was paying them one bullet at a time. <laughs> Three of the men were killed. Two were injured. Both injured suspects taken to the hospital, then arrested. Figured I would have arrested him first, then dragged him to the hospital. Yeah. But uh, he pursued them into the front yard. The pile of brass in the front yard has been described as being from several different guns. So apparently there was a gunfight that continued as these guys tried to get back to their car. And they fled, and then the three occupants had fled the scene. Now the car crashed a couple blocks away. One suspect was found in the car dead. One wounded found it down down the street, and he died at the hospital. The third suspect from the car was wounded, fled the scene, and was being treated at the hospital. So this guy used his AK-47 and had a literal gunfight with this guy, and yet he maintained his cool. I assume he had some sort of training, and it worked. The, the armed invaders were stopped, killed three out of five. Well, okay, that number's a little low. That, that, that's kind of a rookie number. We should be bringing that number up. We should have five, five for five here. But he did good. He didn't get himself hurt, so that was great. That's the kind of story I like to read. It warms my heart. AK-47 used in self-defense. <laughs> How would Beto have defended himself, Robert Francis? <laughs> He probably would have tried to hurl fake, insults at them. The fake Hispanic. Maybe he would have shot spitballs at them. Huh? I, mean, I don't know. Or just, you know, maybe he just would have gotten all mad and angry like, you know, <laughs> some Irish people have, have been known to do. <sighs> Although, if you've seen pictures of Beto lately, I saw him with a with a, a tank top on. Apparently, he already surrendered his guns. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure he ever had guns, but, uh, you know, the the left is so intent on demasculating men that uh, he, he does appear to be leading the way. I know, I know. It's it's he just wants to take. You know, it's he wants to just gut the Second Amendment, and it's just you know who's to say what you need or what you mm. don't need. I mean, I always say this: 
rights are rights. There has nothing to do with needs or wants. Mm-hmm. Rights are given to you. They're granted to you. They are provided regardless of whether you need them or not. Mm-hmm. Rosa Parks did not need to sit in the front of the bus. <laughs> but no. her right was that she could. Mm-hmm. And I fully and, support that. And you that. know why she had that right? Because of that wonderful clause in the Constitution that says all men are created equal. And, of course, they meant all people. All mankind. All yes. mankind is all what that refers kind. to. And and because of that amazing document is why she was able to do what she did. And that whole movement started. But, you know, the reason why she wasn't, because Democrats said she couldn't. <laughs> and that's there is the truth, Roger, that... That escapes every form of education today. I is know. it was the Democrat Party that was against civil uh, rights, any kind of civil rights. They voted against women's right to vote. They started, funded, and supported the KKK. The KKK. They started the Civil I, War to keep hey, slavery. Look, back then the KKK was the strong arm of the Democrat Party, and today Antifa is the strong, strong arm of the Democrat, of the Democrat Party. Party. And they hide their faces. They're cowardly, mm-hmm. and they and they don't obey. Yeah. Or they don't respect the Constitution yeah. enough to know that these people have rights. This, this is why when, when people ask me, and they do all the time, how can you be Hispanic? How can you be uh, you know have Jewish heritage and, and, and not support Democrats? I just look at them and laugh. And I say how the opposite. you support Democrats? It's exactly what I say. I, as a... The way I look at it, no self-respecting Jewish person or Hispanic person or black person should support the Democrat Party. I mean, not today. Calling, they keep calling Republicans Nazis, but look at what the KKK and the Democrats did in the mm-hmm. in the you know forties, fifties, sixties, all the whole twentieth century almost. Yeah, they fought like crazy to keep people segregated, to keep them to under keep, the boot. <laughs> and you know, and you know, there was one organization. Since we're talking about guns. That helped mm. black people learn how to shoot, <laughs> give them training, and defend themselves. And that was the NRA. You know, Roger, that I, I'm sure you've talked about it before, but that's another thing that people don't understand is the origins of the NRA and, and what the NRA did in the, in the beginning and how they – I mean, really, really, as they were becoming the NRA, they were there to help the black community. To oh, yeah. give them a way to fight back against they the were Democrats and the civil KKK, rights, civil rights that the that the yeah. black people had been denied for so long, yep. and yet now yep. they're turning them into if, some. They're trying to so, accuse them of doing what the Democrats were doing. Yeah. yeah. So so there, I'll turn that on on some Democrats or or the black people out there that can't divorce the letter D. How on earth can you not support the NRA? When right. if, if you are into your ancestry or 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 try and connect with with your ancestors, then you Look should be history. 100% on board and a member of the NRA. That's right. Learn the history. Learn where they came from. Learn who supported your people when they mm-hmm. were first starting out with freedom. Yeah. You know, it's funny because someone was talking about education the other day, and I said, you know, they don't teach the right things in school, this and that. And they made a point that, you know, it's a lot easier to take rights away from somebody if they're mm-hmm. not taught what their rights are. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> they don't know what they are. It's much easier to take them away. That is the Democrat mantra. A dumbed-down society is a capitulant society. That's right, uh, because they don't know they have a right to free speech. Mm-hmm. They don't know they have a right to keep and bear mm-hmm. arms. Actually, yeah. actually, you know, the, the Second Amendment is not granting you a right. A lot of people say this. Oh, the Second Amendment gives me the right. No, it doesn't. It takes away the power of the government to restrict the right that they claim you already have. 
it says they cannot infringe on this right that's already there. Well, all of the Bill of Rights, I mean, Roger, if they really taught the Constitution correctly, it it is the purpose of it is to spell out the limitations of, of the government. government. Yeah, it has nothing to do with granting uh, you mm, rights. It has no. to do with stopping the government no. from mm. going beyond it, their it, design. That document is there to restrict the government, and that's what's the beauty is about the Constitution and why we're the only country that has a document like this. No other country in this world has a document that restricts the government. Right, exactly. It usually just grants the government power. It restricts the people. Which if is you, what the you go, go look at the Go look at the U.N. Charter, their so-called Constitution. <laughs> uh, it, li- it, it limits people. It doesn't limit governments. Right, exactly. And the Clintons, by the way, built, led by Bill Clinton at the time, wanted to take the U.N. Charter and put it above the Constitution. I don't know if people remember that, but Bill Clinton actually wanted to put the U.N. Charter and give it more weight than the United States Constitution. Oh, my God. That's pretty messed up. Well, you know, that's that's people who don't believe in the Constitution, don't support it, don't defend it. They stand there and take an oath to support it, and then they turn around and they just want to trash it, throw it under a bus, burn it. Get rid yeah. of it. Hide hide it. Yeah. If they would stand behind it instead of getting in front of it and blocking it, mm. our rights would be more spelled out. All right. Well, we're yep. going to come back in a couple minutes. Got a couple more things to get into on the political side, and then we're going to get into buying guns from the government. <laughs> You're listening to Locked and Loaded. This is Roger B. with my special guest, Victor Armanderes from On Point with Victor, and this is America's Web Radio. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. Hi, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schurz, as we talk about the topics that doctors talk about amongst themselves, such as Medicare, Obamacare, alternative forms of care, and health information technology. Join us every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I'm Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you're listening to America's Web Radio. Well, there's one more thing I want to touch on politically before we go on. Apparently, Virginia is going to be leading the way, or possibly leading the way, depending on how the elections go, to implement more gun control at the hands of politicians. You know, they're going to st- they're, they're going to stand on your second amendment rights as they decide you're not allowed to have them. 
and because um, they they have some really close elections coming up there, and they're so close that uh, what's his name Bloom Bloomberg Bloom, Bloom Bunny Bloomberg Bloomberg yes Michael Bloomberg Bloom anti Gunberg he's dumping tons of money into these elections in Virginia. Because he is pushing to turn Virginia into the next California, the next New Jersey, the next Maryland. He wants them to be an anti-gun state. Now, it has been 20 years since Virginia has passed a gun control bill. But they're saying if this election goes the, the other way and it flips to an anti-gun majority, the state already has an anti-gun governor. So they plan on passing a dozen or more new gun laws if they get this state flipped over. And they're dumping millions of dollars into the state to try and win these elections. So if you live in Virginia and you believe in your Second Amendment rights or you own a gun and you want to keep it, yeah, you can keep your gun if you vote the right way. Vote the wrong way, though, and you may lose your rights. And they're talking about one one handgun a month law. Which, you know, I guess, you know, start small, work your way up. Soon it'll be one handgun every six months or one handgun a year or one handgun per person ever. And then they're going to have stricter ordinances such as regulating uh, guns in municipal buildings. Also, the fact that if you do not report a gun within 24 hours, you will be held accountable for a crime. Now, I don't know if that means with the gun or just the fact that you didn't tell somebody in time. It's just... Uh, and. Now, hopefully, they'll be able to stop this. Like I say, Virginia has been 20 years. The last 20 years, there have been no gun control laws passed in Virginia specifically other than, you know, the federal laws that come through. So, But Bloomberg apparently sees an opening here. He sees a chance to get that camel's nose under the tent to get his foot in the door and start pushing Virginians into being a California, a New Jersey, a New York, and shutting down the Second Amendment. They're just going to stand on it and burn the Constitution while they take your guns away from you. But guess who won't have their guns taken away? Oh, Roger. you mean the billionaire Michael Bloomberg that has armed mm. security 24-7? 24-7. Around himself, Bloomberg. his house, his family? Uh-huh. Anyone associated with Bloomberg will have will be armed to the hilt. But exactly. not you. Not you, the peasant. You, no. the peasant, you're not smart enough. That's but apparently right. Bloomberg thinks his life is more valuable. Oh, he apparently does. So if you're in Virginia, vote to tell Bloomberg no. Tell him you are not more important than than you are. Tell him by voting and get somebody else to go vote. Explain this to them. Say, hey, this guy has guns around him 24-7. Is he better than you? Why should he have the right to and you don't? Who's going to defend you? Because when seconds count, cops are minutes away. Well, now... Going back to New Jersey, this is something I read, and I don't have the story with me, but I'm going to try to remember it. New Jersey, now, as in most states, they have insurance commissions, and com- insurance commissions can regulate what insurance companies can carry, how they have to carry policies, how they have to provide it. The New Jersey governor has decided with an executive order that he is going to take away the right of people in New Jersey to buy insurance if you use your weapon. There are companies uh, provided that they will give you insurance if you have to use your weapon, if you have to draw your weapon, if you have to defend yourself, defend your family. They will provide you insurance which will help provide you with legal help, 
help provide you with money if you're in jail. They will help provide you with what you need in case you get accused of doing something wrong with a weapon. Now, there are certainly limits to it and things like that. If you go on a a tri-state shooting spree, I'm sure they're not going to cover any of that. But Uh if you have to defend your family, you know, you have to defend your home, defend yourself, even defend your dog, John Wick, then you can have insurance to help cover that. But in New Jersey, he's he's not allowing any of the policies to be sold that will help concealed carry holders or gun owners to have this insurance to help them, you know, get out of a situation if it goes the wrong way or if the state decides they did not act appropriately, you know, in a self-defense situation, which most states usually recognize the Castle Law. Stand your ground is still iffy in some states, back and forth, you know, depending on what kind of state you're in. I mean, I always say the best way to avoid a gunfight is not to be there. So if you have a chance to walk away without putting yourself in danger, by all means, do it. In fact, that's the best way to avoid any kind of fight. Don't be there when it happens. Mm-hmm. But when they're in your house, when your family is there, you can't walk away. you got nowhere to go. You have to stand your ground. You have to defend your family, defend yourself, defend your property. You know, Roger, that's a, a good point. And, I'll, and just from personal experience, you know, I spent years and years and years and years training in a Japanese martial art. And the instructors who were Japanese and they taught in, in Japanese always, always, always stressed. Every time we moved a level up and we got more dangerous or more capable of committing real right. you're harm. Not da- you're capable. Uh, more capable. Skilled. Of, exactly. The, as, as our skill level went up, um, they always said, this is always a last resort. If you can run away, run away. If you can, av- right. if you can avoid a situation, avoid it. But... If you are backed up against the wall, whether it be your house or, or your car or wherever you are, if you're backed up into a wall, then you finish it. Be prepared, yes. Yeah. Hey, as I've always said, prepare for the worst, hope for the best. Yep. You know, always hope that you can get out of a situation without doing anything. Talk your way out of it. Mm-hmm. Walk your way out of it. Yeah. Don't be best way to uh, to there, win a fight is don't be yeah. there. There's nothing wrong with turning around and walking away, running away, running away, whatever. You know, there's nothing uh, girly man, let's say, about, about that. Uh, well, you know, when you get to be my age, I'm too okay, old to you run. May not run. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I get asked the question quite a bit, and I bet you do too, is why do you carry a gun? And I have two go-to answers. One, because a police officer is too heavy. That's right. Two, uh, because I'd rather have it and never need it than to need it and not have it. Yes. This, I carry a gun for the same reason I have a fire extinguisher in my kitchen. Yep, exactly. <laughs> sure, i got a fire department down the street, but hey. Mm-hmm. But who's going to get there first? <laughs> That's right. I always say you are your own first responder. Yes. You are your family's first yeah. responder when you're there. Mm, absolutely. Always provide for them. But apparently some politicians, some anti-gunners think that, you know what, nobody needs any guns. Guns are bad. They don't realize bad people will do bad things. And the only thing that keeps evil from prospering is for good men to do nothing. For mm-hmm. good men and women to do nothing. I'm, I'm amending that. Uh, him, his, hers, they, you know, whatever they are, if you do nothing. That's right. And you <laughs> let evil prosper, then you're yeah. doing nothing. Yep. So, you know. But now there's some anti-gunners that think any kind of national emergency emergency should spark some kind of a gun grab. They're saying that if something happens that's a national emergency, we need to take the guns away. We need to make a, a special quick law. We need to, you know, make a quick decision and change things. 
Make it happen. There's an emergency. There's an emergency. Oh, my God. People are dying. Somebody died. We have to take all the guns away. Yeah. And, of course, they use mass shootings as emergencies all the time. Even the ones that are stopped by concealed carriers, they still, they want to take guns away when those happen. Like there was a a story the other day, a gentleman was robbing a Dollar General, and apparently somebody who worked at the Dollar General was there, but on his day off. When the guy drew the gun, pointed it at the employees, he then drew his weapon and shot him dead. And then the, the, uh, the robber's family was on the news going, he should not have a gun. He should not have to shoot him. Everybody has to make a living somehow. <laughs> so the law-abiding citizen should not have a gun, but the criminal the thug criminal. should have a gun. Yes, and he was also linked he, to several other armed robberies in the area. That Dollar General worker better have his picture on the wall as employee of the month. Or year. Or year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because, I mean, he said, you know, the guy pointed I mean, the gun, he threatened his employees, and he said, you know what? Yeah. I'm here. I'm going to mm-hmm. take care of this. This should not happen. That's almost worthy of the zombie kill of the year, only this right. would be the, uh, the uh, I'm protecting myself and other people around the me. scumbag kill of the, kill the year. Of the, year. <laughs> the thug kill of That's the year. That's right. I mean, he was under, he had a court date pending for weapons charges already. And he was wow. a, and he was under suspicion of performing several other armed robberies. They probably would have all come out. He probably would have been in the prison system for a long time. So he just saved the taxpayers there a lot of money. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, I firmly stand with saving taxpayer dollars. Oh, absolutely. Especially when it's for silly stuff like supporting criminals and murderers and things like that. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, but these anti-gunners think, oh, you know what? Is it possible? If it's possible, if, well, if the Democrats, the ones who seem to be in the lead, if they get in control, if they take the presidency, the House and the Senate, will they push for a gun control law that will take semi-automatics away? All of them. Not just AKs and ARs, as they did in 1994 when they passed the quote-unquote crime bill. Don't count on Romney because he apparently is against freedom and liberty and independence. Well, he's not running for president. <laughs> no. He's just a senator. But, but he's working that. against the oh, president. Oh, yeah, he is. And this is just, I mean, the fact that they would just decide, oh, we need to take these guns off the streets. Because nobody ever gets killed with a shotgun or a bolt action or a pump action or anything else. It's always semi-automatics. Well, they determined, you know, and it's, and they have legal precedent for this. Because in 1934, machine guns were outlawed for sales to the general public. And then in the 90s, they had the assault weapons ban. And then they're claiming, okay, Trump declared a national emergency to build his wall. Not exactly the same thing, because the money was allotted for the wall long before Trump had to do anything with it. It's just Obama and Clinton and even Bush had the money appointed, and they never did anything with it. But it's funny, because the FBI statistics show that more people own guns now than have ever before. Background checks are at record highs, and yet the crime rate, the murder rate, is going down. So I don't know why these people, I guess the facts and figures and um, to be logical would violate some some aspect of their brain. I don't understand why or how, but apparently they think guns are bad because either they don't understand how they work, they don't know how to use them, 
Or maybe they do carry a cop around to cover themselves. <laughs> well, they're stronger than me. Because That's right. have you seen some of the cops out there? They're not big dudes. <laughs> Yeah, That's they're right. pretty big. They're not small dudes. Although now I'm hearing that a lot of uh, a lot of police agencies are having trouble recruiting because of these groups that are coming out, you know, against police officers. They're trying to ra- to to rally hmm. citizens against local cops. Think they'll hire an old fart like me? You know I'm in what? Pretty good in shape. This day and age, I don't think I want that job. Especially well, the way people look at a police, you know, a lot of them. That's true, but I sure would love to be Ponch and and be part of a motor unit. Yeah, and just be able. I'll to just direct traffic, tase a few idiots. <laughs> yeah. If they're lucky, I'll tase them. <laughs> because then they're like a sack of potatoes and you got to move them, though. <laughs> exactly. Got to pick them exactly. up. Mm. But, uh, yeah, so the anti-gunners are thinking they're going to declare some sort of national emergency. All right, we're going to be right back. This is America's Web Radio. This is Locked and Loaded, and I'm Roger B. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business professionals, business practices, and fascinating individuals to get an insider view of how America works, 10 to 11 a.m. on America's Web Radio. You can keep your doctor, you can keep your plan, and every family will save thousands of dollars a year. I'm Ellen Deal, and if you've been hurt by the Affordable Care Act, you can email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com to see if we can help. Small business owners, individuals, families, and baby boomers, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com for three easy questions to determine if you can get away from Obamacare. I'm a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry and here to help you for all your insurance needs. This is Ron Camacho, host of the Business Hour, on Fridays from 10 to 11 a.m. Join me as I talk with passionate professionals on a program that profiles the best businesses, business practices, and fascinating business professionals to get an insider view of how America works. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. This is America's Web Radio. You're listening to the Locked and Loaded Show, and I am Roger B. Now, this was interesting. I'm going to bring you the story right now. For those of you who know anything about AR-15s, who build AR-15s, who own an AR-15, the ATF has always classified the lower receiver as the gun part. Well, now a judge in California has issued a tentative order finding that there's a a problem with the ATF's classification of an AR-15 lower as the weapon. Because according to him, the part that holds the barrel, holds the breech face, holds the bolt, is not the lower receiver, and that should not be the gun. Now, you know, it doesn't, to me, it wouldn't make much difference. One of the parts necessary to build a gun would have to be called the receiver. And for years and years, the AR-15, the lower receiver, has been the part that's housed the trigger, the firing assembly. And that's what the ATF has determined to be the gun. Now, I don't know if this will go anywhere. And if it does, it's going to change things because then lowers will be able to bought through the mail, delivered to your house, and the uppers will probably have to be registered. So... But it was weird how this started because they had a guy who apparently was accused of selling illegal completed AR-15 rifles. 
Now, apparently, his his crime was somewhat minimal because he was able to take a plea deal where if he if he doesn't do anything wrong for a year, he gets away with no criminal record at all. Apparently, he appeared on ATF's radar after the feds learned he was in California hosting build parties at his warehouse in South Los Angeles. Customers could pay $1,000 to have an 80% receiver converted into a functioning receiver and have a complete rifle built for them. Now, that is questionable as to whether he's... And he's not... This gentleman did not have a federal firearms license or a manufacturing license, so he really did not have the right to do this. But you pay $25, join his gun club... And then he would set up a CNC machine on your 80% lower, let you push the button to start the machine so you were building the gun, which any person can build their own AR-15 if they keep it for their own personal use. If you ever try and sell it, though, it's got to be numbered, serialized, and then can be sold. But this guy was doing this. He was uh, having build parties. Now, granted, I have to admit, I've had a build party myself. But people brought their finished receivers over and their lower parts kits, and I sat around a, a dining room table with a friend of mine's three nephews, and we put together three AR-15 lowers on Christmas Day after they received their presents and had to put them together. And it was fun. You know, we had supervision. Everybody was going slow, one step at a time. Because if you know anything about AR-15s, assembling a lower is not a very difficult task. I mean, a monkey could probably do it in 20 minutes. It takes me about 30 or 40, but <laughs> it's not hard to do. It's very simple. There's a million YouTube videos, or since YouTube is so anti-gun, I'm going to start recommending sites like Full30.com and Gunstreamer.com. They have videos on putting AR-15s together as well, and they support the shooting industry. So if you want to see how to put an AR-15 together, go to Full30.com or Gunstreamer.com and take a look at what they got. But anyway, so you join this guy's club, you push the button on the CNC machine, and boom, you finish your 80% lower, which, as you know, an 80% lower is not a gun and can be sold directly without any kind of background check or anything like that. But this judge is saying that because it only houses the trigger and not the barrel, the bolt, any of the upper parts, that it's not really the receiver. Now, I don't know what the end game is here that he's trying to do. I'm not sure. It's going to be interesting to see if they actually change this. Because anybody who, if you build AR-15s, you know, putting together the lower receiver is far easier than putting together an upper receiver. With an upper receiver, you generally need some kind of clamping device to hold the upper receiver in place. You need a barrel wrench. You need a torque wrench. You have to put the barrel nut on. You have to line up gas tubes. It's much easier to buy an upper assembly already put together and just put it on a a lower. And assembling a lower, you need a couple of punches, some small hammers, and I like to use some tape, so when I use the hammers, I don't scratch the receivers. The hardest part is probably putting in the bolt stop and uh, keeping track of those little springs and pins that hold the takedown levers in. But all, all in all, it can be done with a couple of punches, maybe a screwdriver and some tape. You can put this thing together, while the upper takes a lot more specialized tools to put it together. So I really hope this doesn't go anywhere and they start changing the rules on this. But we'll see. You know, judges in California, I just wonder if he's got some sort of alternative motive here to try and shut down AR-15 building parties or whatever he's calling it. But we'll see. Okay, now we're going to get into something that I found. This is actually, this story is actually a couple of years old. 
but I wanted to bring it up anyway. A couple of years ago, Trump released, he decided that he would allow gun collectors to have access to M1911 handguns that were in the military storage. And they've got, I think, eight or 10,000 of these things that they're going to push through with a sale, pistols available to the public as of last year, 2018. <clears throat> now, the funny thing is they've had these guns in storage for a long time. They've got 100,000 of these things in storage, and they claim it costs them $2 per year in order to keep them in storage. That's probably for the storage, for the maintenance, to keep them from, you know, rusting and everything. They've got to be maintained to some extent, even if they're just sitting in a storage warehouse. They have to run dehumidifiers to keep moisture from destroying them. But now they're going to start selling some of these to help supposedly pay for the storage. Now, you may wonder, oh, my goodness, how can I get one of these? I don't know if they're still available or not. I have not looked. But there is a an organization called the Civilian Marksmanship Program. CMP, and I believe the website is cmp.org. Now, you can go to the CMP site where they do sell once-owned government weapons to civilians. That's why it's called the Civilian Marksmanship Program. Now, you wonder, how would you go about buying a gun from the CMP or Civilian Marksmanship Program. There are some things you need to know. First of all, they do have stores set up in various parts of the country. You can walk into a CMP store, and if that state law provides the specifications for you to purchase one, you can purchase it right then and take it home with you. And I don't know how that works state to state, or you can purchase it and have it shipped to your FFL dealer if you have that information. And they probably have information on local FFL dealers as well. But if you fill out the forms, you're going to have to fill out these forms in order to purchase from the CMP. Now, one, you have to prove you are of U.S. citizenship, and for the pistols, you have to be age 21 or older. You must have proof of a current membership in a CMP-affiliated organization. Now, these are a lot of different shooting clubs, a lot of different, I believe the NRA is a member of this. If you're an NRA member, I believe that puts you in a CMP-affiliated organization. But you have to be a member of some organization that supposedly promotes marksmanship, responsible gun ownership, that kind of thing. So, you know, if you're not an if you're not a member of one of these these uh, listed organizations, then you would have to join one before being able to buy from the from the CM from the CMP. Or And then you also have to have proof of participation in a marksmanship or other firearm-related activity. Now, again, that's something you could probably do if you do any kind of local competition. There's uh, the Glock matches, I believe, would count for that. Any of the NRA 22 matches or any of the, uh, the Johnny Appleseed program that the NRA does, I think that would be probably qualify for that. You'd have to look it up to get the exact specifications. They don't have a complete list. And you also have to have your state or local requirements met, which means you will need a firearms owner's identification card if you live in New Jersey and Illinois, because there you have to carry a card to have a gun, which seems interesting because the Second Amendment says, I don't need that. And you will need a signed copy of a current 0102 or 07 firearms federal firearms license to which the 1911 will be transferred to. And you need a complete signed and notarized pages of the 1911 order form. And the CMP will only ship to a dealer or a gunsmith or a pawnbroker or a manufacturer 
which is the FFL holders. So this would exclude anybody who has a curio and relic license. Now, also, you have to pass two NICS background checks before you can purchase the gun. Now, normally, this is a check that takes place when you pick your gun up at your FFL. However, in order to eliminate somebody not passing a check and having to ship the gun back to the CMP, they want it done ahead of time. So that's something a little more unusual you have to do. <clears throat> now, the FFL, can uh, they can turn over the firearm after 72 hour hours if there's a delayed response from the NICS check. So that's pretty standard on almost any state now. So, But if you can't pass a background check, you're not going to be able to buy from the CMP. Now, they had orders being placed uh, last year, I don't know if they're still taking orders or not for the 1911s, but they do have a selection of Garands also, from what I understand, and oftentimes they have 1903 Springfield rifles in various conditions. So the, CM, the CMP would be a good place to look if you're interested in American surplus firearms. Now, I am curious to see if um, now that the 1911 has been replaced with the M9 and the M9 is being replaced currently, I wonder how long it will be before these M9s may become available through a CMP program. Now granted, most people don't have as much interest in the Berettas as they do the 1911s because after all the M9s didn't win two world wars. But still, if you're interested in a good shooting pistol, I'm sure the Berettas would be you know an excellent choice and they'll come in various conditions too. Now the 1911s are available in I think four different grades the first one being a service grade, which is like $1,050. Pistol may have minor pitting, wear on the exterior surfaces and friction surface, but the grips are complete with no cracks. It is in issuable condition. The next level down would be field grade. These pistols may exhibit minor rust, pitting, wear on the exterior surfaces, and the grips will be complete with no crack. Pistol in issuable condition. Now we get back, back to the rack grade. These will exhibit, these will exhibit rust, pitting, and wear on the exterior surfaces. The grips may be incomplete, exhibit cracks, and the pistol may require minor work to make it in usable condition. So that's just something to consider. And you know, each, each level goes up. The rack grade is 850, the field grade is 950, and the premier service grade is going to be a thousand fifty. Now sometimes they get some that are in better shape than that and they rate them accordingly. Now I've never been to a CMP store, but it would be something I would like to see. You know, that would be interesting to see some of the old weapons they have there and what kind of conditions they have. Now for the nineteen elevens they were doing a drawing with a random number generator, so if you got into one of those, that's great. But right now, I think they had uh, most of the 10,000 are probably already sold. I don't know if they're still taking applications anymore. But I'm optimistic that if they had 100,000 of these 1911 pistols in storage and they've only let go of eight to 10,000 of them, I'm hoping now that the M9s are going to start filling up those warehouses, they'll start releasing more of these 1911s, and we'll have an easier way to start getting some more of these into the hands of civilians. So that's something to consider. If you're interested in buying used military surplus directly from the government, then the CMP would be how you do that. And I believe their website is cmp.org. Now, that would be one case where... You're actually buying a gun from the government. Well, actually, they're giving it to the CMP, which is a civilian organization, but it's coming straight from the government. Okay. Well, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes. We've got to take a few breaks. 
This is America's Web Radio. I am Roger B., and you're listening to Locked and Loaded. If your health insurance premium is more than your mortgage, Ellen Deal with Ideal Solutions is here to help. Whether you're a small business owner, individual family, or baby boomer, email MAGA45CAG at gmail.com, and I'll respond with three easy questions to help you determine if you can get away from Obamacare. As a 20-year veteran of the insurance industry, I'm here to help with all your insurance needs. Email Ellen Deal at MAGA45CAG at gmail.com. Perhaps you are struggling to cope with the disease of addiction. If not, you probably know a family member or friend that needs help in battling the cravings and the personal and professional damage done by the effects of drugs or alcohol. Get a pen and paper and be ready to write down the following. These are the issues that the trained staff at the Atlanta Healing Center address and treat every day. Their doctors and counselors with over 40 years of practice in the field of addiction can treat the suffering individual in a thoughtful, compassionate, and experienced manner and guide him or her along the path to recovery. So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. Want to ace your upcoming survey exam? The NLC Prep Combo has everything you need to help you crush your upcoming FS, PS, Florida PSM, California PLS, or Texas RPLS exam. Combos include a full-length practice exam book with the same number of questions and category types as the actual exam, a pre-programmed HP 35 with 17 programs to solve those time-consuming equations such as COGO, triangles, traverses, and more in seconds. A complete online course is included that covers every topic of the exam with videos, workbooks, quizzes, and a full-length practice exam that simulates the computer-based format of the FS and PS exam. That gives you not just one, but two full-length practice exams to help fully prepare you for test day. Visit us at nlcprep.com for more information and let us help you crush your exams. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am Roger B. You're listening to Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Now, coming into a quick story here, I don't know anybody who has ever shot surplus ammunition knows there are certain types you want above others. And Lake City is probably one of the head stamps you really look for if you want precise, well-made ammunition. The Lake City Army Ammunition Plant has probably one of the best reputations for building some of the very best in surplus ammo. Now, just recently, uh, the Winchester Corporation has received a contract... For the production of small caliber ammunitions and the operation, maintenance, and modernization of the Lake City Army Ammunition Plant. They've been selected by the U.S. Army to operate and manage the plant. Following a one-year transition period, Winchester will assume full operational control of the Lake City plant on October 1, 2020. The, uh, the contract is worth about $28.3 million dollars. Adjusted for economics, depending on inflation and whatnot. There are some uh, flexibility there for, for economic adjustments. 
and may be extended by the Army up to three years. Now, Winchester is honored to have been selected to operate and maintain this unique strategic asset of the U.S. government. Now, if you know Lake City, like I say, they have a reputation for building some of the finest surplus ammunition anywhere. Now, I guess, I don't know if you can tour this place or not, but it sounds amazing. They have 3,900 acres with 408 buildings, nine warehouses, 11 igloos, and a storage capacity of 707,000 square feet. Now, they'll be conducting oversight and providing uh, munitions. They also operate the, the, the NATO test center. So... They have that as well. So Now, the Lake City plant has been in production since 1941, and Winchester has previously operated the facility from 1985 to 2000. So now they're going to be back in charge. So if they, hopefully they will hold up the standards that Lake City has been known for. In fact, they probably were responsible for some of the really good ammunition that's come out of there. Now I'm going to tell everybody something that you've heard before if you've ever a kid and you ever had any type of toy or weapon that shot anything don't shoot your eye out you'll shoot your eye out yeah that's always a threat you guys have seen the christmas story you know what the red rider bb gun is all about well you know what someone decided that you know the red rider bb gun was just not quite for them because they were an adult and they wanted a real gun so there's a company called Brickworks Manufacturing, and they have designed an AR-15 Red Rider lever action AR-15. <laughs> now, you're going to have to look this thing up to see what it looks like. It is odd looking, to say the least. But they built this weapon, and it uses a standard AR-15 lower, so you can do modifications on your own. Now, there is some aesthetic changes to it and such, but it is a functioning lever-action AR-15, which would be great in states that don't allow semi-automatics. Now, I don't know how that would function because, I mean, if you have a – or how that would work in states that have magazine bans, I guess you'd have to have so many – You still would that limit still apply on a lever-action weapon? Usually it's just on semi-automatics with a detachable magazine. That's usually where the magazine – comes into play because even in states with magazine bands they have tubular magazines which hold more than five or seven rounds a lot of times so i don't know this might be a little way around that but anyway they were talking about this they, they had an interview with this gentleman that was done by oh i don't have that here but they were talking to him and he started by making things you know he was an artist and uh developing a few projects and this one he said he decided he wanted to make the red rider rifle into an AR-15 variant. Now this, of course, if you know anything about the AR-15, you understand that the bolt carrier and all does move freely in the top half of the weapon into the buttstock. And what it looks like he's done is what I can see is the lever actually operates this bolt assembly manually. So basically you probably wouldn't need a gas tube or anything like that. But if you look at it, you'll see a magazine tube underneath the barrel. However, that's just for looks. It does not feed through a through a tubular magazine underneath the barrel. Anybody who knows anything about tubular magazines know you do not stick pointy-ended bullets in a tubular magazine because when you fire that, the pointy end of one is against the, the bang part of the other, and you end up having a, a reaction that is not favorable. All these bullets start going off in your tube-fed magazine. You've got a big mess on your hands if you still have any hands left by the time you're done. 
So he decided it would just be safer and probably more practical to feed it through a standard magazine. Now, somebody was asking him about the advantage over other firearms. Not really. Nope. It's not an advantage. It's it's just a way to change it up a little bit. Let's, he wanted to do something different. Like I said, the only place it would be an advantage is in, in places where semi-automatics are completely banned, which so far there's nothing yet. But he was saying they are going to offer a way to modify a standard AR-15 lower in order to use with this kit. It will require light Dremel work near the lower magwell, and you have to drill two holes. Now, they're talking about having a conversion kit. If it becomes available, the jig, in order to measure and drill and cut everything, will be included with it. Now, the conversion stock requires a modified bolt carrier, but the bolt of a, of a standard AR-15 will work with it. Now, as you might imagine, this AR-15 Lever Action Red Rider has a really nice, pretty wooden stock, maple wood stock, stained similarly to the original Red Rider BB gun. <laughs> so, it's interesting, though, and it will be chambered in a 223 Wild, which any of you know that will fire 556 and 223 ammunition. So it looks like it'll be a lot of fun, and they're working on building a 300 blackout for all you 300 blackout guys. So that looks like it'll be kind of fun, though. I really look forward to seeing one. If you get a chance, look it up. It is one odd-looking machine. Okay, the latest field in weapons, I'm going to try and get this before we get done today, that's been heating up is pocket pistols. And apparently... SIG started it with the 365 they brought out. I guess it was a couple of years ago. They brought out the SIG P365, and it was just a revelation because the SIG P365 was smaller than any other weapon that could hold 10 rounds of ammunition and with a little finger extension on the bottom was out to 12 rounds. Now they've stepped up the game. They're bringing out a P365 SAS, SIG Anti-Snag. Basically, what they've done is they've taken all the sharp edges, they've filed everything down to make it much smoother if you're carrying it where there's a chance it could catch on things. They've taken the release lever down to where it's it's probably a little harder to operate. So you'd probably, if you were reloading, you'd probably have to do a slide rack to get the magazine, the slide forward after that. It also has a set of sights, which are unique. They're calling them proprietary. They're flush-mounted sights that have, I guess you could say the sights are buried into the slide into a little block that fits into the back half of the slide. So where you would normally have possibly a cutout for an optic, you have the sight embedded into the back of the slide, and you actually see a picture of a sight as you look down the top of the slide. But there's no front sight whatsoever. So if you look at it, it's very odd looking. It has a flush-mounted barrel, and, it, and these sights that they use are night sights. They have all flat controls everywhere, a ported slide, a ported barrel for less muzzle flip. And it will also have the same 10 plus 1 full-size capacity. And I believe they give you a 12-round 12, a 12 capacity available also. Now, they also have the new 15-round capacity one, which is the uh, SIG P3, P365XL. So that's where SIG's going. Now, Springfield has brought out the new Hellcat 9mm. This is another one with 11 plus 1 in a very small package. So now you can get 11 plus 1 or they even offer 13 plus 1 magazines. And that puts the Springfield Hellcat into one of the best concealed carry positions anywhere. 
So you'll have to see how that goes. I mean, I'm looking forward to I have not. I've handled a P365. They fit my hand, even though I got a big pair of meat hooks. They fit my hand fairly well, considering, especially with the magazine with the extra finger hook in place. They fit rather well. Now, the Springfield, I have not got my hands on one of those yet, but I'm really looking forward to finding out how they feel. Now, from what I saw, it looks like it has the little grip safety that Springfield is so fond of. But they are one of the highest capacity 9mm micro semi-automatics in the world. Overall length of just 6 inches and 4 inches tall and an inch thick. And weighs less than 19 inches, 19 ounces unloaded. So it can be easily concealed. Now the SIG, let's see, we've got some quick specs on there. Total length of 5.8 inches, so it's a tad shorter, but the height is 4.1 inches versus 4 inches and a width of one inch is one inch also. So they're comparable. They're probably going to be very comparable in size. but And they also have a version of the Hellcat, which is going to have an optical sight cutout. So you're going to be able to get it with a mini optical sight on it. Now, on a carry gun that you're trying to conceal, I don't know that that would be the best thing to have. But you know what? If you're capable of carrying it, Optics, once you learn how to use them, can give you a huge advantage. All right, well, if you get a chance, go check these out. I'm sure the local gun dealers have these in stock. But right now, it's time to say goodbye. I am Roger B. This is the Locked and Loaded Show, and you've been listening to America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.